Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. And the FBI is still in her Leo energy, and she's still <laughs> the star of our show. Absolutely. 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 Sam and I just did some, we weren't planning to record yesterday, but we had to hop on the mic to just, just react to this craziness, but we didn't really go into depth so we can really sink our teeth into, into anything. But how, how was our mood yesterday? Well, I I wasn't able to hop on with you guys because the FBI like kind of rudely did this right around the day where I had to do all my doctor's appointments. So Oh, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the city doing I like kind of trying to read in between things. Yeah. So it was really like this morning was the day that I was able to like listen cool. to the whole daily episode about it and like read all the things and like actually sit down and digest this mm-hmm. very digestible news <laughs> i was on twitter it was delightful um i would say that the only day that is going to that's going to supersede uh trump having covid and yeah. uh, this indictment is uh, and, and this raid is going to be if he gets indicted at which point mm-hmm. twitter will might ascend to its highest form Absolutely. (laughs) It will fulfill Uh, its maximum potential. I like, I've basically stopped tweeting entirely. I'm like, I'm I'm doing a slow fade on Twitter. I'm not breaking (laughs) up with them, but I'm like slowly extricating myself from Twitter's life. And like, they're going to start hearing from me less and less, et cetera. Mm. But but I have to stay on because of like, these are the moments that Twitter is built for and that Mm -hmm. are... Like, when I hear Donald Trump's home is being raided, that's, I run to Twitter. It's the, I have to get, I can't get there fast enough. Can't get there fast enough. Refreshing, constantly, constantly pulling that down for every, for every dopamine hit. And then, you know, of course, because like we cover it for stuff. My, my, my photos are just like a, just, it's just all screenshots of tweets for miles and miles and miles in between like, you know, pictures of like. Morty, like red spots on Morty. I need to send to the vet. And then like (laughs) (laughs) Trump is hiding in Teresa Giudice's hair. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful and beautiful night. It was great that we could sort of, uh, that we could sort of stretch it. But um, what do you think? I mean, I, I was talking to Sam about this yesterday and we know that they did this like, do you think Clayton that they felt like they were on a clock because of midterms? I mean, we're really about like 90 days away. Like, do we think we're going to get much more action on them anytime soon? Or is any more new fun information going to come? Mostly probably just from leaks and reporting. I think if they were worried. 
you you go first, Caitlin. Oh, I was going to say, um, you know, I, I'm I'm not sure because obviously it's very explosive hmm. and it's close to midterms. At the same time, however, you kind of have to let the investigation go where it goes. Like you can't just you can't try to hold off because that also is political by its nature. Hmm. You trying to to pull back. And frankly, I think the Republicans should have to deal with this as they run in their districts. They're all running around talking about how it's wrong to investigate crimes now, apparently, um, if those crimes are committed by the president of the United States, which, to be fair, they've been on the same place since Nixon. So you kind of have to give them the ideological consistency. So in terms of practical updates that we have since yesterday, since uh, Monday night, we heard repeated from experts throughout yesterday that the potential security threat within the documents or the crime committed by taking them would have to be so considerable for Merrick Garland to pursue this raid. And really, like we said, like at one of the last moments he could. And what's more, of course, Christopher Wray, the lifelong Republican and FBI director appointed by none other than Donald J. Trump, did approve the search. Ray, it's also worth noting, was confirmed by Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, Marco Rubio. Very popular guy among Republicans until Monday. Or actually, I think kind of before that. Actually, Trump soured on him pretty w- within a short period of time. But at one point was was all over him and calling him great for the FBI. Joe Biden says he was not notified of the raid and learned about it the same way we did. So ah, I guess from, from Trump memes on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like he probably learned before Trump posted his like thing. Joe's like, just like, Joe, did you see this? It's like running through the West Wing. Like run it like, yeah, like, like, like have you seen like, it? Okay, okay, yeah. okay, we gotta let him know. <laughs> and be like, uh, hand this to the president, you know, like almost like a, an old school Aaron Sorkin, like, like montage mm, of people like handing papers 100%. over. And then somebody looking over and being like, it's on Twitter, Mr. President. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, it's on, it's on Truth Social, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel bad for whatever White House intern is tasked with like having to look at Truth Social because, you know, there is one who has to be like, let us know if anything really important happens. But otherwise, yeah, they just have to read Truth Social. Well, I imagine he was probably like, oh, darn it. I was going to sign the chips bill today. And we just had this like climate bill victory that was really penetrating as kind of a major news story that people were really talking about. I mean, this is how I know that this isn't like Democrats being political. It's like, would we really time this raid to like the day after our most considerable political win in two years? You know, I Democrats can be a little clumsy politically, but I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally feel like if the timing of the raid and the midterms are related at all. It's more that these agencies are like, if Republicans win the house, I don't even know if we're going to be able to like do things that we want to do. So like if Republicans win the house, we're going to have to deal with all that craziness. And they are already like, you know, planning a gazillion investigations into this laptop and that. (laughs) So, (laughs) so that's kind of my only feeling about the timing is that maybe they were like, we probably should get this done when Republicans are still technically out of power Mm -hmm. in most senses. That's why I'm, I'm always convinced that there's, you know, I'm, I'm always surprised by Republicans insisting that there's some sort of giant democratic conspiracy to do things because have you met Democrats? We just stepped on our own moment. You really think that's like our energy 
Like, we're a clumsy set. Like, there's no grand conspiracy. If you get, like, three Democrats in a room, you're going to get four opinions. It's like... I'm kind of confused as to how you think we could coordinate this massive... And that's, like, one of the things that always gets me. It's like, have you met your opposition? We're way Mm -hmm. too ineffectual for us to be doing any of this. Totally. Ron DeSantis is like, it's the regime again. And it's like, honey, I wish we could get our shit together to have a regime. You exactly. You want to get, you know, all the dozen factions to agree on what our fucking regime should be. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's also like, okay, Joe Biden can either be completely senile or he can be masterminding (laughs) the takedown of like all of his enemies like, right. I just don't, it just never actually lines up with, it doesn't make sense. There's no ideological <laughs> consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Power of Dark Brandon, that's the thing that we, yes. we need to understand. Okay, I totally miss Dark Brandon, so p- explain Dark Brandon to me. Um. Well, but, okay, so by the time, by the time I learned about Dark Brandon, I was already reading articles about how Dark Brandon is done, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, I don't know, uh, whatever. But I mean, it seems like it's just a meme from the left of Joe Biden with like laser eyes. And it's like, Uh. he's been successful on a couple fronts. And so people are saying that like dark Brandon has taken over. But now the White House has kind of already started using the meme. So it's like when the parents start saying the the term now it's out and it's Mm -hmm. over. So... Yeah, but my understanding is that Dark Brandon is already over. <laughs> Dark Brandon is malarkey by this point. Yeah, exactly. It's it's changed. So for those who are not aware, basically, let's go, Brandon, used to be, is a phrase used by the right wing and lots of extremists to express, for some reason, I'm confused about how this translates, but right. it means. Fuck Joe Biden, basically. Oh, you don't know about the origin? Very confusing. Oh, it, it originated because there was that, like, I don't know if it was NASCAR or some sort of, like, other, like, Southern. It was a car race of some yes. sort. And the, the crowd was shouting, fuck Joe Biden, for some reason. I guess that was just the crowd there. And there was a news reporter, this, you know, bless her heart, was like, oh, listen, they're singing. They, I think they're saying, let's go, Brandon. And so then it was adopted it, as let's so go, now, Brandon. And so now, let's go, Brandon means fuck Joe Biden. It yes. is actually a funny video like I will give them, oh it's excellent <laughs> I will give them that I'm like this is a funny video <laughs> <laughs> but but basically when, when it became let's go Brandon then the the left has now somehow uh, I think it's really the children I'm gonna toss this out to Gen Z uh picked up uh <laughs> Picked up Jen, picked up the the Let's Go Brandon meme, and and created a kind of dark Brandon branding for this, which means that he is has uh, overwhelmed the the forces uh, of of uh, <laughs> I don't know the the Let's Go Brandon mm-hmm. types with his dark energy, uh, and that's where the laser eyes come from, and his. His rising power, you know, it's very, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, got it, got it. (laughs) Very Darth Vader. (laughs) Basically, Daddy Biden. 
We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're a certified B cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So let's discuss some of the reaction on the right, both from public-facing Republicans and Trump's base. Pro-Trump yes, protesters. Let's. <laughs> let's go, Brandon. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Pro-Trump protesters were in rare form camping out outside Mar-a-Lago in support of the president, which is funny because like he wasn't even there. There were also supporters outside of Trump Tower in New York yesterday and today, which is where Trump is now. I will. This is my little like I hope I get in trouble for this, but I I I spit on Trump Tower every time I bike by it. I don't do like a like a menacing spit. I just do like a, a little. It's just for me. I just do a little like. Puh. And like so it how just sometimes makes, my dog like lifts his leg up just a little bit in passing on like I'm a just corner. Marking. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I'm just doing exactly. a quick a quick mark, you know, because when I don't people think you can around, possibly get in trouble yes. for that. Um, but it just really delights me that he might have been there over the weekend when I did that. Then I <laughs> I made my little mark. <laughs> I should probably be more careful this weekend, though. Anyway, they were promising civil war. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, this is my thing that I'm always harping on my my eternal question, but I just wonder how long Trump Tower will be able to remain in New York City, where it is as his residence. It is one of the properties he actually owns himself, mm-hmm. so it's not like the other. A lot of his other properties, they're just taking his name off of it because he only ever licensed his name to begin with. But, like, how long 
does mm-hmm. that heinous building remain? Yeah. And you can <laughs> get a good deal on Trump properties <laughs> because of the name. So like, I think they will remain for a while because he doesn't give a fuck if he's in debt. He doesn't care if he owes anybody money. So like when I was looking for apartments, no. like some of the only things in Manhattan in my budget were you Googled the addresses and there, there, there his name was. Yeah. Wow. And I couldn't, wow. couldn't do it. They also weren't that nice. <laughs> I mean, they're famously not Imagine that. nice. <laughs> but the most popular comment on one of the websites that was uh, where they were discussing this was upvoted. It was upvoted over 1,200 times was the phrase, lock and load. Excellent. There, this rage is being fed by Republicans in office. Just pay attention to the language here. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy responded to the raid by openly threatening Attorney General Merrick Garland. Toilet note star Elise Stefanik <laughs> called for an immediate investigation and accountability into Joe Biden and his administration's weaponizing of the Justice Department against their political opponents. And Ron DeSantis, who this should probably help, maybe called the raid another escalation and the weaponization of federal agencies against the Capitol are regimes political opponents. So what's the purpose of this of this language before we kind of go into why they're so fucking angry? Uh, I mean, it's overwhelmingly to continue delegitimizing democratic government. Um, and I, it's it's a, it's a problem. I, I don't want to get like the, the thing is that like, it's I want to be kind of like this is ridiculous. But at the same time, it's like it's actually very scary because we saw January 6th. And it's like you guys like this, this, this kind of escalation is really, really, really troubling, really troubling. And I don't want to be like super serious about it. But like it's it's not good. It's we could we could do better. Right. <laughs> we deserve better. I feel I've seen a tweet going around. I I can't remember. Like it's it's a prominent Republican basically saying, like, if they're coming for us, they're coming for you. And that's number one, not true. None of you are the former president of the United States who has classified documents in your house from your presidency that you're not supposed to have. That is not a crime that basically anyone is accused of except Donald Trump. <laughs> so so it's not the same. But it's really scary because, again, like Caitlin said, we saw how language like that inflamed the mob on January 6th. This is the exact same shit to the exact same people. So it's it's not good. Yeah, it's terrifying. And, I mean, it's like... I. I'm so motivated by Roe to to turn out in November, but it's like to think what these people will do. I mean, just thinking about it, like if Trump runs and loses, they are attacking the Capitol again without without a doubt in a more organized way. They will. It will take the force of the military to stop them like this feels yeah, inevitable. It's really scary. This feels inevitable unless he's locked up. Right. Sorry. I, uh, it feels uh, if we were having fun before, but. <laughs> I was like, they're trying to do that, too. It's like they're really trying to get get people in this mindset that, like, violence is an acceptable alternative to elections. And it's like, it is not. And if you lose, that's just the reality of it. And we didn't like that we lost. Like, like Democrats are not here super happy about 2000 or 2016 or any of the other times that the Electoral College has not aligned with the popular vote, which is means the majority of us agree on who should be president and y'all this bizarre system gives 
random people in rural states more power. And instead of like being like, okay, well, I guess we'll just kill those people, which is an insane thing to say. We instead say, hey, how can we like somehow convince them that they should agree with us? And it's like, first of all, that's the wrong mindset. But like we should be talking about what kind of changes the system should have to like reflect popular sovereignty. If you think the system's not working, the answer is not try to murder the people who are winning. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally. Yeah. I mean, even if, but it's, it, they seem to be trying, they're convincing some of these people. And honestly, I've said this before, like the people that are that susceptible to this are not mentally well and probably don't have access to care that they need, but they, if they want them to genuinely believe that there is no other option but for them to take up arms because the government is completely illegitimate and controlled by by Democrats who, as we said, somehow got their sit together to <clears throat> all agree on, a, on how we're going to control how we're going to control a regime. And, you know, we've all seen the clips of how Fox News was discussing this. Yeah, it's just really it's it's very disturbing to see it like the way that some of these personalities throw the idea of like more violence around because it's that's what's crazy is like there's already been violence so they're like it's not a hypothetical scenario that people are talking about where maybe like prior to january 6th it's like you can bandy about these things and it doesn't feel real it's like no we actually have experienced political violence on a massive scale that occurred so it's just so irresponsible and they know that what they're saying isn't true and that Donald Trump is the world's most obvious criminal. Mm -hmm. Just, like, doesn't even try. It's yeah, crazy. to me, what, what I'm seeing is, like, one of the things that I think that we should do is, like, push back. Uh, or, like, we. <laughs> we, no, Democrats. Um, you know, because this is not democracy, and it's one thing to say, like, okay, we're defending democracy. Like, this is autocracy, and they should explicitly say, like, that's how monarchies work, where the person in power just doesn't have to be accountable to anyone. And the idea that, like, that properly holding people accountable is equivalent to some sort of, like, political regime, like, it happens actually pretty commonly in advanced Countries like advanced democracy is actually really good at removing people from power who should not be there, who are very corrupt and holding them to account. South Korea just did it. Like we, we, we need to stop pretending like, oh, man, if you lock up your opponents, it's, you know, like only dictatorships do that. No, no, no. Dictatorships do it on kangaroo courts with yeah. no reasons and no judges. And like there's a Republican judge who signed off on that warrant. There's a, you know, like Merrick Garland. Was a, it's a freaking moderate, a former judge. Like, you think he's going to be out here doing radical shit? Like, if Kamala were AG, I'd be like, you might have a point, but she's not. So you've got, like, old white dude, you know, out there doing very boring shit. And people have been mad at him because they've been like, look at all the crimes. And he's been like, I don't want to get too aggressive. If it's happening, it's because there's a really good reason. I'm not that certain that we can convince his supporters of that. And so, you know, I've seen even, you know, we saw Andrew, I don't really care about Andrew Yang. And then Andrew Cuomo also said this, like, 
oh, this is such a bad look. But like, should the federal government be concerned about if their actions make Trump look like a martyr to his supporters? I mean, I said this yesterday, whatever they think he has, whatever they have probable cause to believe that he has could be harmful to all of us, all of us. Yeah, no, absolutely. First of all, caring about what Trump supporters think is like the wildest idea I've ever heard. Like these people are in a cult. Um, And they're just in a cult. Like, like, would you take that seriously if like a Scientologist was asking you like get clear or something like you'd be like, Mm -hmm. if you're not in the cult, you'd be like, you're just a weirdo. Like, why are you telling me this? Similarly, warping our entire politics to try to get people who are very obviously like like deep in this process and won't there's nothing that they will believe like there's no way to convince them because they've already the premise is that god uh, that trump is god emperor and mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't be wrong so uh, i don't know you just kind of gotta step out but you have to understand that they're present understand what kind of reactions they're gonna have and you need to prepare for those and to inoculate people who are not part of the cult from the damage that these people are going to do. The mm-hmm. answer is not, oh, we need to cater to these people and try to convince them. It is, we need to prepare for what happens when we move forward and they're the only ones not convinced. Yeah. You were talking about this on, on Twitter about yesterday, but you know, actions that require serious accountability have precedent in like, U.S. history. Consequences, like the actual consequences for those actions, do not. And that kind of owes to what went down after Nixon's nonsense and whether there was accountability there. It seems like we don't have muscle memory for like serious shit being being taken seriously. To say it eloquently. (laughs) You know, like no one ever gets like super mad about Gerald Ford. Who has strong emotions about Gerald Ford? Do people remember him? Fire us up, Caitlin. Fire us up. (laughs) He's very unlikable on First Ladies, we'll say. I did love First Ladies. That makes sense. Yeah. Betty Ford. Yeah. Is is a complete sweetheart. Yeah. (laughs) Who didn't deserve any of that. Okay, good. I'm glad. I, I, I really liked her on the show, too. Yeah, yeah, no, her work on substance abuse, obviously the Ford Clinic is probably one of the most famous rehab Mm -hmm. clinics in the world, and for good reason, um, and the level of compassion that she demonstrated, like, top-notch. So, so good on Betty for existing. Yeah, I think there there is a scene, right, when, like, I think there is a scene of her reacting to him announcing that he was going to pardon him, and she was not happy. Yeah, there's only, like, a month or so between like Gerald Ford becoming president of the United States after Nixon's resignation. And this is important to say, okay, so Nixon had a VP that he ran with in 70 in 72. And that, that vice president Spiro Agnew was arrested on corruption charges. (laughs) So, so he had to replace his vice president before he resigned. So there's actually someone to take over the office and that just lets you know, like, how bad the White House was. Yeah. Just, like, every, even even the person who's just literally the placeholder was already so corrupt that he had to be replaced with someone else. And so Jerry Ford was the pick, and he was the pick because he more or less made a deal with Nixon that he would pardon him once he became president. And we can see how that turned out 
it turns out moral hazard does have like it does create a slippery slope and we are at the bottom of that slope after iran contra and the iraq war and lying about intelligence and now we're at guy just commits crimes just like I was like trying to figure out like what to talk about for like Trump, like what crimes I was like, just all, just all of the, it's all the crimes. Crime, it's every crime. Done it. it's, it's all of them. <laughs> it's every crime. I know we got so much news about so many crimes yesterday and um, none of them were January 6th, which was crazy. <laughs> and today he's pleading the fifth with to Tish James after saying multiple times over the years that only mobsters plead the fifth. <laughs> he wants to be a mobster. So that makes perfect True, sense. He fair. literally, operate on brand like a crime family so it makes mm-hmm. it actually makes perfect sense that he was like oh I'll plead the fifth i mean so this is like it seems as we're talking clearly we think people with this kind of power should be held accountable for how they abuse it but trump has always sought this power to inoculate him from accountability. So how do you think that this, this raid will impact when he announces a 2024 run or how motivated he is to do so? The sooner he does that, the sooner he can sort of even maybe even, I'm not going to say legitimize the claim that's political, but it will have, it'll work even better on his base and it'll work better maybe on some, some potential supporters that have not come around to that. And if he wins, there is a longstanding practice of justice departments, not charging a sitting president with a crime. I think there are also, there are, I believe, and I'm not sure about this. There are financial motivations for him to wait in terms of fundraising, like what he can do now with money he fundraises versus once he announces. I think then certain um, maximum like donation limits come into apply. Uh, but what do you think? What do you guys think? Do you think he's going to like hustle now, or do you think he's going to rethink it? I think when he announces, it'll be in a complete manic fit of nothingness, and it will just <laughs> no way to predict. It will just be because the last person he talked to told him to, and then he got mad and also he's kind of tired and he posted about it. (laughs) I just don't. Yeah. I don't even think, I mean, maybe I'm sure he's having conversations about it now, but at the end of the day, it'll literally just be because he was like, nah, and like posted it. So, (laughs) Um, I think that, I think that Republicans are like desperate right now for to keep him from announcing because if he does it before midterms, the amount of backlash that is going to rise up from Democrats and people who are leaners and people who just don't like Trump and then forcing every single Republican to basically endorse right then after we finish primaries or or to endorse his presidency pretty much immediately or to put themselves up, I guess, to be immolated because that's the only thing that happens if you disagree with Trump. You know, it's like the Republicans are just like, please, 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 please do it. The, the, the second week of November, like, please just don't <laughs> say anything between now and November. We just want you to go away. We want this to, to not be real. Anything except making people notice that uh, a lot of us would steal the election for you. <laughs> yeah. And don't go. I'm not gonna let you go too much into depth on this because we did discuss a question related to this in our live show, which we are publishing later <laughs> this week. We discussed between us, whether we think uh, Trump running would be good or bad for the Democratic Party. And we we diverged. We mm-hmm. diverged. That was the point of the discussion. <laughs> we did diverge. We did. We did diverge. Yeah. 
We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and a of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. All right, let's end with a few stories that made that made me chuckle today. I sent you guys this one. First, a Georgia judge has suggested that Rudy Giuliani take a road trip after the disgraced former New York mayor said he couldn't fly to his Georgia deposition due to a medical issue. I cannot figure out what this medical issue is. Maybe it's just being yeah, Rudy Giuliani. I, like, I, I think know. Rudy Giuliani is a medical issue at this point. I can't um, see him on a plane. He's melting. <laughs> He's just a distraction after that horrific, <laughs> horrific hate crime he suffered where someone gently patted him on of the course. back. Of course. Right, stuff. right. That's right. After that's right. He's still bruising. He, he's still bruised. He still hasn't recovered. He was accosted right. in Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> so he's claiming he can't fly. Actually, he was physically dismembered. Mm-hmm. In he probably, looks, probably did Island. some favors yeah. for his appearance. <laughs> so he says he can't fly. The judge was like, okay, you have to come in person, but I'll give you a week. If you say you can't fly, I'll give you a week to get down. Um, it's really funny because literally the, the judge was like, yeah, the judge, the judge was basically suggested that Giuliani either take a train or just genuinely suggested he break it into a car trip over a few days. 
Uh, the judge granted, as I said, Giuliani's legal and medical team the opportunity to argue in detail why he needs additional time before making the trip to Atlanta. So I don't want to like fall into ableism here because I'm sure there are um, times where judges are really antagonistic to people who really genuinely need need time and accommodations that the that they're not being provided. Do I think Giuliani genuinely needs though? I I have my doubts, gals. <laughs> no, I don't think so because I think. Yeah, I just don't think so. I don't think because I, <laughs> I don't buy it. The man's a liar. Yeah, like I guess the reason I don't think so is because every single thing I've seen him say has been false. And so for that reason, I think that's <laughs> fair. When he says something, I say, that's probably false. <laughs> I mean, I also think that you could probably find in like the last month and a half, like a half dozen trips, like crisscrossing the country or whatever, <laughs> spreading election lies. Or like he's gonna be like, oh man, I can't I can't travel. You're so right. My, wasn't he like physically I mean, this was a couple of years Recently. ago, but wasn't he like going to Ukraine for a while? Like actually physically going there to when yeah, like first impeachment times? Like he, the man travels. Yeah, he's he's probably like again he'll be he'll be at some fundraiser in LA or whatever some grift and then like he'll be like I can't travel you'll be like didn't you just get on a plane across the country like I don't when did this medical issue come up <laughs> I wonder if the judge is gonna call his bluff here and he's just gonna he's just gonna there's no way he's gonna he's gonna take a road trip but I mean, just to imagine Rudy's road trip I find so funny. So funny to imagine him on a multi-day car trip, just driving by himself or getting driven from wherever, from, I guess, New York to Georgia. Where do you think he stays? Stays at the Ritz-Carlton chiropractic in the... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, He stays wherever he frantically books after showing up to the, like, random gas station. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. He stays at the Four Seasons. The Grand Hyatt gas station. comes up first on his Google search. Precisely. Mm-hmm. He just lets it autofill and he goes and he goes right there. And finally, I don't even know if there's much to discuss here, but another headline that just really that just really sank in with me this morning was that the Sandy Hook lawyer that was is in the possession of all of Alex Jones' t- tweets has revealed that Alex Jones sent nude photos of his wife to Roger Stone. <laughs> So this is a game of 2022 Mad Libs I never wanted to play. I did not consent to. I hate this. I hate this timeline. I hate this for her. That sucks. Why are you fucking sending gross pictures to, to Roger, Roger Stone? Stone. She's married to, she, to Alex Jones, though. Yeah, so I, I know. I, I know. got some questions she might have been fine about, with it. about the nature of, of her complicity here. Like Maybe there know, were like coded messages. He was. Maybe there were coded messages in the nude photos. About how they're going to do the next coup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who knows? It. All I can think about is that that's what the kid in the canceled at seventeen article did to get him canceled, to get canceled oh. in his high school. <laughs> oh God! And another and another timeline and another timeline. Alex Jones is just a wife guy. <laughs> Look at my beautiful wife. I love my beautiful yeah, wife. Yeah. No, I mean it's gross. Oh, of course, that's just, what two gross men are doing when they're gross phones. Of course. I I just feel sad at the idea that Roger Stone feels things in that way, in any in any way that he'd <laughs> react to nudes or want nudes or see nudes yeah. or process nudes. I, let's just he's just like a, a Nixon android. Let's just imagine that. 
Totally. Really just a a banner week for documents that should be boring. Court documents related to Alex Jones, (laughs) tax, tax returns, classified information. It's in the National Archive. These National Archives, though, you don't mess, you don't mess with them. I can't wait to see how this develops. Happy Raid Week, everybody. (laughs) That is our show. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duran. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.